like scary movies. Uh huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Waffle Press Retrospective. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. With me today is my co-host, Macaringo. That's me. We're here to talk about the Scream sequels, but not all of them. Uh, quick update, I guess, just because we're recording these pretty like regularly as they're coming out, uh, for once. Because uh, of the coronavirus pandemic and everyone's getting sick all over the place, uh, we probably won't cover Scream 5 in theaters. Uh, at least not immediately. We'll get to it. Um, yeah, we'll may- see what happens there. Yeah, we'll we'll see. It might happen, might not. But either way, uh, instead of doing all the Scream sequels in one go, like we had kind of talked about, not really committed to, uh, we'll be doing Scream 2 and 3 today, Scream 4 next week, and then maybe the week after Scream 5, or maybe longer for Scream 5. We'll keep you updated as these episodes come out. So today, Scream 2, Scream 3. Directed by Wes Craven, our boy, the yes. legend. Um, not all written by Kevin Williamson, though. Also, yes. Yeah. We got our boy Aaron Kruger up in here. Do you know what he's done? Um, You know what? I had, ju- I had it. I had just read it. Now I already forget. Okay. <laughs> well, he, he did three of the four Transformers sequels. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. He, he kind of teamed up with... Um, Kurtzy and Ortsman? Orsi and Kurtzman. There you go. Fuck, mm-hmm. I know, fucked up their names. Those, those guys. Yeah. <laughs> Our other boys. <laughs> <laughs> From the Amazing Spider-Man 2 fame. Mm-hmm. Which I see people reclaiming now. Enough about that, though. Enough about garbage movies. Let's We're talk about... Keep, that, that's just going to keep happening, isn't it? Like... Yeah, yeah, but like, what, whatever. It's, it's definitely a product of, like... 2014's era blockbuster like you can pin a lot down to it go listen to the retrospective i did on it it's there's a lot of like stuff that already we don't do in blockbusters anymore like the product placement and remember how everyone tried to like appease to china through like we're setting it in china or we're setting it in chinatown and like (laughs) like it's it's so funny looking back at it so like whatever product of its time are scream two and three products of their time matt uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure they are. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, you know, that's kind of just uh, it's it comes with the territory, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, like movies that have like an ounce of creativity. Yes, even the Amazing Spider-Man Two has moments. I think genuinely will like speak to something like, you know, of of their era that they're made. You know, even mm-hmm. even dog shit <laughs> has has stuff like that sometimes. Um. I don't think Scream 2 and 3 are dog shit. I think Scream 2 in particular is actually quite good. So let's talk about that one first. What did you think about Scream 2? Um, I would agree. Oh, shit. Um, I would agree Scream 2 is quite good. Um, uh, Why? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not amazing, I no, guess. No, I, 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 I don't think so either. Um, but, and that's fine. I mean... I mean, in an era where, like, slasher sequels generally aren't very good, it's one of the better slasher sequels, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, it's, you hear some people be like, it's actually better than the uh, first one, and I definitely don't agree with that. I, I don't um, either. I think it's sort of a, a James Cameron's alien situation to some people, where it's like, maybe. you know, like, I like the vibe of this one more, because I like these types of 
this slice of this genre more. So, like, if you like your action with more, or your horror with more, like, action-based stuff, you're going to like Aliens more. If you like Scream 2 with, like, I guess, like, a, there's a there's a more aloof tone here mm-hmm. um, that kind of gets exacerbated in Scream 3, which we'll get to eventually. Um, but it, it's, like, it's more enjoyable to watch, I think. I'm not, like, miserable after, like, some of the kills. Not that Scream has a tonal problem. Again, it's a perfect movie. Um, but, like, I, I don't feel like the emotional gut punch of a lot of these. Not that we're even supposed to for all of them. Minus one or two, which we'll talk about. But um, it's also a little messier. And I think that has to do with a little bit of the production history and the writing process on Scream 2. How much do you know about that? Um, I know about the quote-unquote script leak. Yes, okay, quote unquote. Okay, so we're we're I think we we're of the we did the same research. <laughs> we did so, I mean some of it. I used to know a lot more about this stuff and now it's kind of just out of my brain. Mm-hmm. Um but I knew about it when it, the script leak was taken as genuine. Okay. Um Well, here talk about that and then I'll I'll do the Kevin Williamson debunking. Well, this was a this was an incredibly hyped movie. It came out only one year after the first. Less than twelve months after That's the first. That's insane. And like the fact that it's even good is kind of a miracle because the last time we talked about a movie like this was Halloween Five. Yeah. <laughs> like oh my god. I mean that's how this, this shit normally goes. Which did which means like did Kevin Williamson just have like a script ready to go? Yeah, he did. Um, he he was when he sold Scream. Uh, which was originally titled Scary Movie, uh, which is just some fun history I forgot to bring up. Um, he also packaged in potential treatments for sequels, at least one mm. sequel. Uh, like, There's like four different versions of Scream 4 that he had in his mind, and this is the one they ultimately went with. So he was selling a franchise, and that probably helped him look good and get like skyrocketed to the top of the Hollywood blacklist, I guess. Yeah, probably look good to two very specific people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, hey, you know, it's, sometimes it's good to have a plan like that. Hey, do you want to know something fun about a scary movie? That they rip off? Like, well, I mean, the joke is that they rip stuff off, but like, I don't well, know. Well, par- it's, a, it's, a a, it's a parody. Yeah, I don't know, know what the fuck I was know? going with that. <laughs> um... So, do you remember that, like, so date movie, so screen movie was, like, big, and then they tried to be, like, well, let's do, like, other genres, and they did date movie, right? Mm-hmm. So, date movie is written, was made by, do you remember these guys, uh, Seltzer and Friedberg? Do you remember these guys? I've, I've, no, I didn't know the name, but I, I know of them, you know? They were, like, and they were they doing were like all the of these. Bane of Hollywood for a while. Yeah. <laughs> And it's one of those things where, like, if you want to look back and be like, if you want to be like, oh, blockbusters all suck now, go watch these parody films. <laughs> They're made for, like, $6, and they made, like, hundreds of millions at the box office. <laughs> like, it was ridiculous. Well, they sold Date Movie on being from two of the writers of Scary Movie, uh, Seltzer and Friedberg, right? Mm-hmm. But you know what the truth is? <laughs> what? They were just also pitching a movie called uh, Scary Movie, another parody film. It had nothing to do with the version that got made. They just got paid. They just got writing credit, story credit, just so they could get paid off so they wouldn't make a competing film. Oh, my God. So that's how they, they did nothing on Scary Movie. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. 
That's and pretty bad. That shit all the way to the bank. And uh, yeah, and those and like scary movies not even that good. <laughs> it's like no, it it has moments, you know, like, like all uh, of those movies have moments. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, except for like date mo- like like theirs don't have moments. Yeah. <laughs> um, although remember scary movie? You remember scary movie five? I never saw that one. It was like the last one they did, and it got delayed for like a year. So by the time it came out, like none of the references were relevant. Oh no, no, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there was all these references to like Black Swan, like Inception, and like by the time it came out, it's like those those movies are old hat now. Like, mm-hmm. God, it just shows you like if you're just slightly off with those things, they don't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is why I got to give credit to the Scream sequels because the stuff that they're like, you know, confronting like the meta text or like the thematic text is never just like. A response like a direct response to something recent you know it's kind of a more generalized uh like arc or like intent you know it's not like here's a thing we hate specifically in the saw sequels so let's talk about that you know and now it's like the saw sequels you know they've rebooted the saw sequels like three separate times <laughs> so yeah spiral from the book of saw i still haven't seen it uh, <laughs> where where are my jigsaw heads at? It's not not great. I, I'm by jigsaw heads. I mean the fans of the jigsaw character, not the worst saw sequel. <laughs> but what about uh, the character jigsaw from the Punisher films? Oh, he's super fun. <laughs> he's super fun and super gross. And I never saw the Netflix series, but I saw like the photo of their version, and I was like, it just looks like a guy. <laughs> It's just a what guy. About, wasn't Travolta Jigsaw at one point? No, no, no. Travolta was an original character named Howard okay. Saint. And I remember that because they would scream his name in the trailers. And I was like, that movie looks so fucking badass when I was that age. And then I saw it and I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> and now I'm like... Boy Scheider yeah, is in insane. the first Punisher movie. Yeah. There's That's a, a weird film. Yeah, it's, it's very strange. Um... I don't know. We should, should we do a Punisher retrospective? I don't. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, talk about how John Bernthal's fucking incredible in the role. But uh, no, no, that's that's just my excuse to talk about how good John Bernthal was. Like, what was. about like? Isn't there like a story where like they really had to like kind of like pressure Thomas Jane into doing it? Like, I don't. I don't actually know. Uh, I thought Thomas he was Jane like gunning has the for it. Weirdest fucking career in Hollywood. Yeah. Fun fact: at the premiere of the Shane Black Predator film that he starred in. He uh, was on stage and uh, walked off in the middle of the movie because he, uh, I guess he wasn't happy. <laughs> Why would, wait, they had him sit on stage? No, 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 no. Ignore that. Ignore that. He wasn't on stage. I don't know why I tossed that in there. I, I was reading something else. I'm reading notes about the opening about of Scream 2. Of yeah, he walked out <laughs> of the movie. Um, okay. No one's asked him his thoughts about it since. At least publicly. Remember he was in Boogie Nights? Oh, fuck yeah. How about that? <laughs> Thomas Jane could have been in the Scream sequels. He It feels like he could fit. Yeah. For a guy who was in Money Plane, it feels like he could fit. Oh, he was... Oh, no. Thomas Jane, no. If you look at, like, the last, like, three years of Thomas Jane, it, like, doesn't make any sense. Ah. <laughs> uh... Yeah, like he's... a bunch of direct-to-video stuff, too. Yeah, I like... mean, some of that direct-to-video stuff just fucking slaps. Like, there's a reason Scott Adkins fans are, like... 
a subset on Twitter, and it's because his movies yeah, yeah. tend to fucking rock. But it's just like I feel like Thomas Jane really needed to blow up at some point, and he just never got that bit. He was always like close to it. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he was in our he was in our favorite film, uh, Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, Deep Blue Sea, which is a masterpiece. As Carter Blake. <laughs> <laughs> what a name. Oh, yeah, and he was the lead in The Mist. I always forget that. Yeah. Oh, this movie's uh-huh. so fucking good. Oh, and of course, vegan police officer. Oh, yeah, Scott Pilgrim. There you go. So, yeah, back to Scream. <laughs> so, in like the early, this is like peak kind of like ain't it cool news internet era, you know? Like 97, 98. Oof. Um, like a the the script for Scream leaked, and the the, the leaked version of the script uh, showed that there was going to be four killers or something like that. Um, who was it going to be? Oh, I didn't have the names down, but um, they're all still characters in the film. Oh yes, yeah, it's uh, uh, the the boyfriend, the boyfriend, sure. the roommate, the uh. Cotton Weary and uh, Mrs. Loomis. Yeah. Also, we didn't talk about Leif Schreiber in the first film. He's great. There you well, go. he's literally on screen for about two seconds. Yeah. Like, it's like a cameo appearance. He has zero lines. <laughs> yeah, but, it, but he's he's like a really great actor. Someone else yeah. is kind of fading away, it seems like. Yeah, which is but now is the time we can talk about him. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but maybe after we talk about the script. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, and... So it, it, like, caused, like, a big, like, kerfuffle. There was all this stuff where it was like, we're going to have to redo the ending, blah, blah, blah. And I think recently, like, a few years ago, uh, Williamson kind of came out and said that the the script that was leaked was, like, a fake script to, like, throw fans off. Right? Yeah, he said they were, um, they were, like, a bunch of different versions of it. So people couldn't actually find out the ending. And I believe he, he said it, like, in 2017? Uh-huh. Yeah, like like uh Wes Craven had had already passed away, so Yeah. I think that's why he like felt it was okay to bring it up finally. Yeah, yeah. He's like they're never going to do another scream sequel, so who gives a shit? Yeah. Uh, but uh <laughs> <laughs> But also it's like it's weird. It was like that was like gospel for the longest time. Like if you if you read anything about Scream 2 from like before 2017, they will talk about that. Mm-hmm. And then be like, actually, this script leaking might have saved the film because the final product's really good. <laughs> and it's like, nah, that didn't happen. But no, hey. it also didn't. Well, no, I, I was gonna say, what like, a bad I was gonna move. joke. I was gonna joke that it, it didn't save the film, but like, I don't know. It's like a good movie. It's just not like Scream. <laughs> what a bad move it would be to leak a script today. Like to do like to do this today, like a fake script. Mm-hmm. Because the internet also can't read. Like, well, I don't know if you're joking, <laughs> but like that—that that is how like a lot of the the big Marvel stuff does their stuff now. Like they leak fake scripts. Yeah, or um, they'll shoot extra scenes and they'll, or you know, like in their trailers, they'll they'll put fake scenes in the trailers and they'll be like, "We're trying to throw off the fans," and it's like, that's like you're not making a movie at that point. <laughs> Like, yeah, but like, but no, but like, here's the thing: who actually cares about the Marvel stuff? Uh, people that just watch the Marvel movies. Yeah, but like, even even them, like, yeah. what are they doing? I don't know. <laughs> We're in this weird place where it's like you want to be surprised, but you also want to get exactly what you're anticipating. And if you don't get it, then the movie's bad. 
Yeah, spoiler culture has, like, ruined everything. Yeah. Be- because I-, I-, I firmly believe some people would actually benefit from knowing a movie's plot before seeing it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that's a negative way to watch a movie, you know? Yeah, you know, like, like it's it's great to be surprised, like... Like that—that's a great experience, especially with the crowd. You know, to get like enveloped in like the emotions and everything. Like if you're watching a really great movie, a blockbuster, or otherwise, it's really great to get so like enthralled into experience like that. Mm-hmm. But also, like a good movie is a good movie. You don't need to just be surprised. Being surprised doesn't make it good inherently. Yeah. You know, well, I was surprised saying, like... by how bad Hawkeye was. Doesn't mean it was like enjoyable to watch. Unfortunately. Sorry, that's my one thing. There you go. I'm done. All right. I think what, all I'm saying is, like, if you are someone who, like, if you're going into a movie that you know has, like, a reputation for being very, like, dense and, like, hard to pick apart, does it's not a bad thing if you want to read the plot synopsis beforehand, you know? Like, I don't think that should be looked at as, like, a negative way to watch a movie. Like, if you want to be surprised, go ahead. It's your choice. But also, I think some if some people want to spoil a movie for themselves, I think they should be allowed to. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like... You should be able to watch the movie however you want to watch it. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, things are bad yeah, in but, the movie world. Yeah, but no. you know what? I gotta be honest, though. You told me the ending of Spider-Man, whatever the fuck is coming out. Mm-hmm. And, like, I wasn't excited to see that movie, but it's definitely, like, made me go, like, I don't know if I want to watch that. <laughs> oh, Really? Yeah. Oh, that's like, funny because that's the one thing that did make me go like, that's kind of interesting. I know, it, it but then be. I explained yeah. to you why it was one of the most cynical choices the movie could make ever. Yeah, yeah. No, there's definitely... I mean, the whole movie is, is fucking going to be cynical corporate bullshit. We'll see if it, it works on us. But, like... Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think it will. But, like, you know... I am shocked the number of people I follow who are giving it two and a half stars. In, like, a positive way or a negative way? Yeah, and, you know, like, that seems like high praise from some of the people I follow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm kind of shocked at some of the people that have told me, like, or they've messaged me, like, after they saw it, who have not been fans of the other Marvel Spider-Man stuff. Mm-hmm. And have straight up asked me, hey, when are you seeing that? Okay. Well, when you do, let me know, because I think you're going to get more out of it. And I was like, oh, well... Probably not, but thank you for asking. See, but that keeps what's cl- happening now. <laughs> so what's clearly happened here is no one saw Eternals. Because <laughs> if you had seen Eternals, you wouldn't let any of this dog shit slide. <laughs> well, here, if I could step back for one second, I, I feel like I should give a little more clarity to my note on Hawkeye. Now that the the year of twenty twenty one is over, I've won the bet. Cameron, uh, I'll let you know about that IMAX ticket. Don't know what's coming out this year yet, but I was... a better time to go to IMAX. I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I was excited for Hawkeye because I love that comic run. It's maybe my favorite single run of Marvel comics, like, I've ever read, right? Mm -hmm. Like, recency bias aside, like, it, it takes me to a place that I'm very happy to go to. So I was really looking forward to the Hawkeye stuff because I, I, my, my hot, my hot take, I guess, is I've actually kind of liked Hawkeye once in a while in the Marvel movies. He's not the best, obviously, but like I think. Well, I remember when we were when we weren't recording one time. You told me that your favorite Hawkeye moment was when he was just killing random foreigners. No, whoa, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm no. sorry, Diego did not. Whoa. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. 
No. Well, everyone, that's what? everyone's favorite moment. Remember when they made him like a violent sociopath killer man? <laughs> yeah, he, he only kills foreigners though. He doesn't kill American diplomats. Yeah. Like, he can't kill American criminals. It's it's the foreigners that are the bad that are the bad ones. Um, but anyway, around being like, why did you live oil executive instead of my family? <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, but here here you go. I'll I'll dilute my long take and I'll just say. I was interested in watching Hawkeye because I was told it was a character-driven story for once, and I really liked the character of Kate Bishop. Don't know what happened to Kate Bishop. Haley Steinfeld, innocent. Jeremy Renner's pretty good. I didn't finish the first episode. I'm always really disappointed when I watch these things that I'm told are character-centric, and it's not actually characters doing anything. It's characters being told stuff. This is my problem with Shang-Chi, too, and I think it's just going to be my problem with all the Marvel stuff going forward. That being said, what I loved about revisiting Scream 2 is that it was still pretty, like, character-focused. And it was still, like, zippy and zappy. I didn't feel like time was being wasted on screen. Because when you're watching something, you should never be thinking about, Hey, do you need this in the scene? <laughs> do you, does this scene need to be here? Does this person need to be here? You should never think that. And Scream 2 doesn't really give me that. Maybe once or twice, which we could talk about. But, um... I think it's actually really well written, and uh, Wes Craven's still a sharp director. There's frankly not as much interesting material to mine from Scream 2, and that's only because Scream is like a, just the fucking like god of slashers at this point, you know? Well, here's the thing. I feel like someone could maybe make the case for Scream 2, just because like, I, I, I did Scream 2 and Scream 3 like, back-to-back, and like there's like... Like, they perform Agamemnon in this, you know? Like, she does mm-hmm. this whole stage play oh, scene. No, there, there's definitely stuff. I don't think it's, like, it drives to the core of America. Like, you, like you helped, like, really get us to that point last week. I yeah. do think there's really interesting stuff in Scream 2. And again, if Scream didn't exist and this was just some random movie, why is it called Scream 2, you know? Like, it just existed in the universe at some point. We'd get a lot out of it still. Which I, I have a lot of notes about. Down to, like, the opening scene. <laughs> but um, it's it's. I think it's really good. I, I'll, I'll go to bat for Scream Two all day. I can't say it's better than the first one though. I just that's not me. Sorry. Here's something I gotta say. This movie felt uh, a little more hateful than the first Scream. It's it's meaner. It's definitely meaner. Um, to a point that like I uh, didn't appreciate sometimes. <laughs> okay. Uh, do um, we don't want to break down too much because we're gonna hop between two movies, right? Um, well, no, we'll just do Scream 2 and then we'll do 3. Like, <laughs> Sorry. Because there's so much in 3. There's so much ridiculous there, shit in 3. There's a lot of stuff. Like, like of course we can of bring stuff. it up. We can bring elements up. But, oh, oh but like, boy, can we. 3. Because, like, 3. Any any complaint I'm probably going to have about 2 is, like, bigger in 3. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I don't. Maybe it's just, like, the college setting, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's the, uh, the sororities and, uh, the frat boys. It's, you know, I don't know. I did not associate with those type of people back in the day, so I don't know how accurate it is. I remember a lot of criticism growing up about, like, oh, the, the fucking, the frat bros, they're so, like, over the top. And I was like, now that I'm older, I'm like, have you ever fucking been around frat guys? Like, it feels like a just, measured version of frat Yeah, guys. I'm like, hey, no, that's just them. That's just frat. You know? I live near a college town, and, like, the worst part of any... Live, like time living here is when I have to drive past 
like the frat houses during like warm times because they're just outside you just see them <laughs> and it's just like these are the fucking this is the future of fucking America like it's the only time I have like truly negative thoughts about the youth like just frat like not college kids because there's tons of college kids but like just the frat bros it's All like right. it's bad okay uh, I want to talk about the opening scene a little bit so I mentioned that there is this really great Twitter thread about how the opening of Scream 2 is like this incredible sort of deconstruction about America's relationship to race on screen, specifically black people on screen, and mm-hmm. and uh, how the, the hatred of like black people that's in the DNA of this country, um, it sort of like found a way to like bolster the image of black men on screen after like a really weird turbulent history. And that killing a black person on screen was also to try to show, like, that the villains were more dangerous than if they just killed white people. And it's it's a fascinating thread that is no longer existent, apparently. The account has been removed from Twitter. So I apologize, everyone, for the build-up on that. Either they did something or they got harassed into oblivion. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Um, but it was it was a really fascinating thread, um, which is, is just a bummer that it's gone. But, so uh, wait, clear me up on this take because I can kind of see some of it. Like, yeah, so, I'm not like the right person to talk about this, but you know, I, I mean, neither am I. I'm, 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 you know, I'm a light-skinned Mexican man. But mm. uh, since I brought it up, anyways, um, please, like, feel free to correct. I, I, again, I'm, I'm not speaking from a place of like true knowledge on this subject. This is just from my memory of the thread at this point and doing a little like extra reading, like. The, the Reddit crowd really loves the opening of Scream 2 and not the racist side of Reddit, which is most of Reddit, you know, like, <laughs> like thankfully not that. But um, so like the the idea back even. Now, hold on. So, I got I, not to defend Reddit for a second. <laughs> okay. But is is I'm not sure if most of Reddit is racist. OK, maybe that's but I, I think. The racism on Reddit is very concentrated. Okay, maybe that's a better like, way of putting it. I think that's at least that's how I've seen. Because like you know, if you go on like, av- like I I'm like into vintage electronics, so like if I go on a Twitter uh, a Reddit about that, it's like very common, measured people, you know. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you find most of them are like that, and then it's just like, oh, but there's like an entire board dedicated to complaining about diversity in film and shit, like. Yeah. Oh, good. A 16-wheeler just parked behind this window. So if you all hear something for a while... Oh, hey. Because a 16-wheeler is moving forward and backwards behind me. Um, cool. Sorry. I'm here over here, so... <laughs> okay, good. Um, but the I guess to, to get more to the point of the, the original Thread's intent, you know, going back all the way to Birth of a Nation, it's like, you know, it, it, <laughs> it's uh, the film that arguably reignited... Uh, inspiration to join the KKK and all that sh- bullshit. Um, yeah. Uh, the, uh, black people were portrayed as like monster men in that. You know, they were so dehumanized to the point of... And be sure to check out, if anyone's more interested in any of this, Horror Noir, the documentary. Um, it's on Shudder. Uh, they cover a lot of the same stuff. There's also a great book that you can read, of course. Uh Mm-hmm. Just, just throwing that out there because you're covering a lot of the stuff in that. So, oh, okay, okay, great. I, I still haven't seen Horror and War, and oh, it's really good. Like the, the whole, it, it, really does kind of follow the path of like, 
how like that movie is like a dude in blackface portrayed as like a literal monster you know oh okay, and the okay yeah. they are the heroes of birth of a nation yeah you know? yeah and then it talks about like how like you know maybe movies weren't as loud as birth of a nation after that but there's like all these like subtle like i mean you can totally see it like in the coding of king kong and stuff like that you know yeah and yeah unfortunately but like there's a lot of that mm-hmm. and i think the opening of scream 2 taps into that you know mm-hmm. where it's like the it became point of parody that like oh a black character wouldn't go by themselves anymore right like that's like a joke you see in a lot of stuff even to like this day it's like oh or or like you know fucking deep blue sea when ll cool j lives all the way to the end like Mm -hmm. that's like a crowd-pleasing moment or like uh ll cool j in h2o for some reason (laughs) also ll cool j just will never be killed he's like david arquette you cannot kill ll cool j that should be ll cool j's role just for now on is he just keeps showing up horror movies like getting horribly injured but then living yes (laughs) honestly yeah because he's like also a fun actor present you know to watch it's pretty good or also on rennie harlan's mind hunters (laughs) (laughs) which is incredible um, but what you're talking about, like, is at the heart of, you know, something like Get Out, you know? Yeah, yeah. Which is a movie about, like, if you're a black person in a horror film, like, you navigate the movie differently. Mm-hmm. Which is probably, like, the best thing it got, I think, across to America better than any other film. Like, just how the black experience in America is different, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's a movie where it's, like, any other horror movie, the police showing up is, like, the heroic thing. I mean, that's the end of this movie, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, that's not the ending of Get Out. Like... <laughs> At the end, them showing up at the end would have been a bad thing. Yeah, um, which is like such a like a, a little brilliant. There's so much good shit in Get Out. Yeah, so um, Get Out's just a fucking gift. Like Jordan Peele's yeah. two movies so far, are just packed with like shit. You yeah, can it's keep it's nuts out that it. Us is even better. <laughs> like, yeah. and even though people don't think that yet, don't worry, you'll come around to it eventually. They'll come around to it. They gotta hate. They're gonna hate Jordan Peele for about a decade now. Um, and then everyone's gonna come back around to him, and the people are gonna be like, you know, us is actually his masterpiece. Yeah, and we'll be That's like, I know, <laughs> I've been saying this. <laughs> yeah, um, but but a, a little more, a little more about the opening. Uh, so, black people became like, or black men specifically became like a, a symbol of of power in a way, like mm-hmm. a, of of fearful power to like these white racists, but um. They they would you know getting killed off in in films was kind of like a way to set the stakes you know so yeah you, you you show how powerful the killer or monster is because mm-hmm. they, they they kill a quote big black guy you know yeah like, yeah a strong black character if he gets it then that shows you how badass this monster is mm-hmm. like that's it's a unfortunately a very common thing yes now. There's a little bit more to this. Uh, it's not race-related, but it is related to our relationship with violence. Have you ever seen a film called He Knows You're Alone? Um, Yes, I have. I have not. Uh, now, the opening of that film, do you remember it? Well, is he is he Knows You're Alone? I could be... You know what? I think I'm confusing it with another one. Okay, well, I haven't seen but... He Knows You're Alone, but in my research of Scream 2, a movie I still really, really enjoy. I, I would say I love Scream 2, even though it's it's not as close to the original of, of Scream, like in terms of quality. Oh, wait, I, is, I still is, love it. Is it the one? Is that the movie theater one? It is the movie theater one, yeah. I'm trying to. It, okay, He Knows You're Alone, the opening scene of it, it's like an eight minute sequence. It is. It's the opening of Scream 2. It is mm-hmm. someone in a theater watching a movie. Um. But you you open the 
the film the audience is watching that we're watching with footage from the film played I'm like straight it, i th- i think with uh is no i think i'm thinking of the right one i, I have no I, idea because a I lot of those 80s slasher films blend together all right well this one came out like directly is, 1980 well it's like is he knows you're alone there's one because i like I, I remember the movie theater but i also remember one where you're watching a slasher scene but then you realize it's people watching a movie. Yes, that's the and one. Then the, okay, okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember if I was mixing up two films. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. That, that, okay, um, so for the just to clear it up then. He Knows You're yeah. Alone opens with a, a slasher movie event, and then you pull out, and it's the audience watching the events on screen. Someone goes to the bathroom, then the killer, it, yada, yada, yada. It's the same thing as Scream 2. It, it, people watching a killer start getting mm-hmm. killed. That's the opening of He Knows You're Alone. It's the opening of Scream 2. Now, what I think is so interesting about the opening of Scream 2 is because the opening of both He Knows You're Alone, at least from my impact of it from eight minutes that I saw of it, is mm-hmm. like about the direct correlation of audience entertainment and violence, right? Whereas Scream mm-hmm. 2, it's like, yeah, like our relationship to violence on screen is very weird because it's like entertainment. Mm-hmm. And you can't see the violence is happening literally around you to the point where they're cheering for a black woman's death because you think it's like an entertaining stunt. Uh, played by Jada Pinkett Smith, who was heavily promoted in the marketing of this film as well. So Yeah, so. I mean, they, they pulled a uh, Drew Barrymore with her. Yeah, you know? which if someone saw it coming, I'd get it. But that's totally not even like the full point of this, which makes it even more interesting. Like, it's my favorite part of the movie. Like, mm. there's so it's much happening sequence. here. Yeah. Um, it's a little like you, 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 you're, you're a little worried because it's... it's uh, very clearly white filmmakers trying to tackle this this scene. Oh, oh no, yes, there there is that. You know, like at the end of the um, day, Wes Craven was a white dude, Kevin Williamson's a white dude. I mean, they're leaning into the like black people yell at the movie screen trope, you know? Mm-hmm. Like that's all over the scene. Although here's something about that fucking stupid stereotype. Everyone yells at movies. To be fair, like no. I'm, and that, that is not me defending the the, the racist thing. I, I'm saying like, I, I know a lot of people that just don't like get super invested in movies. But well, it's, yeah, no, I think I'm not saying everyone as in you and me. Yeah, yeah I yeah. just mean like everyone as in the general population no, as no. like all races and creeds. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. No, I mean I think people all want to, and I think it's also a very American product for the yeah. better. You know. Well, yeah. I, I think that's the one thing where it's like, fuck yeah, America, let's go fucking cheer at Spider-Man. Which is also like, who doesn't like Spider-Man, you know? Like, that's why Spider-Man made a fucking billion dollars. Anyways, not the point. Um, well, one of the one of the best moments I had in the movie theater was uh, when I was at the Dark Knight fucking Rises. And I'm there, and there was, like, people in cosmos and shit. And, like, I'm next to a dude. Like, it was one of those where, like, everyone had to, like, pack in because the whole theater was sold out. Yeah, yeah. And I'm course. next to this dude. And, like, we talked a little bit before the movie, but, like, I have no idea who this guy is. And it gets to that reveal where uh, it's uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is Robin. Mm-hmm. And, like, the moment they have, we're both like, shit, it's fucking Robin. Like, <laughs> we're, like, looking at each other. Like, fucking Robin. Like, and, like, now when I look back, I'm like, that was a dumb moment in that movie. But, but it was like, fun in the theater, you know? Yeah, in that moment, it was like, Jesus Christ, all of the society is solved in this moment. <laughs> True unity is possible. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, much yeah, like no, the no. ending of Scream Two, you feel like everything has been solved for the better. What movie 
what horror movie, I guess I should say, have you seen where the most people were yelling at the screen? Ooh, off the top of my head, fuck, I don't know. Probably Get Out, honestly. Mm. I think you know, Get, get, get out, out crowd was, like, fucking incredible. was really quiet. Um, oh, that's a bummer. But not in, like, a bad way. Like, it was one of those ones where, like, because Jordan Peele actually plays with sound really well in that. Mm-hmm. And there'd be, like, m- quiet moments. And you just hear someone in the theater being like, oh, shit. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a little bit of that. Um, but no, not, like, yelling. Um, I saw Drag Me to Hell in theaters. I did, in too. Packed but... house. Oh, no, and not packed, just yelling. <laughs> like, oh, that must have been so yelling. much fun. It was, it was a, a great time. Although, I had that problem where it was, like... I came out of that movie like I really loved it and then like I had to like try to explain to my friends that like no it was supposed to be ridiculous mm-hmm. like they fight a goat in it like <laughs> that's it's intent like for some reason I was with like people that just didn't get that that's always the most frustrating thing sometimes yeah yeah it's like I mean you know I had that with even someone recently with Malignant you know mm-hmm. a movie which I still haven't rewatched and I didn't love initially but someone was like I can't believe how ridiculous it was I'm like, no, that's like the point, you yeah. know? Like, like, you can criticize things in that movie, but when someone's like, oh, it's so goofy, it's like, no, th- yeah, that was intentional. You're not smarter than it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, and, like, the movie's clearly smarter than you because it's intentional. You didn't pick up on it, you fucking dope. There's but... a there's a fucking close-up after someone says they're adopted, and it's set to, like, the cheesiest cover of the Pixies' Where Are Your Mind? Where's Your Mind? <laughs> Where's My Mind? Is that the song? What the fuck? Sure. Yeah. But, like, it's... It knows. It's in on the joke. It's telling you a joke. It's just very straight-faced. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, people. I mean, it's so many like movies. Like, satire is just dead, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. just can't. I mean, Deadpool is, like, known generally as a satire now. And it isn't. <laughs> like, Yeah. Deadpool is uh, embarrassing. <laughs> Deadpool is really great for the Bacon Lulls memes of the 2010s. But it's and, like people are still into it. Yeah, I know, I know. Like, it's just too bad. Eh. I mean, again, like, it's something I got to give Scream credit for. Like the stuff it's tackling, for better or worse, is like it's not just directly correlated to like of the moment. You know, it becomes of the moment through like cultural osmosis. It's not. Uh, yeah, I think it's a little cynical when some movies are like, "Oh, we got to get in on this shit." Uh, that's happening in the world. Like, I think you brought up a while back, like, all these movies that were kind of teed up for when Hillary was president started coming out in the early years of the Trump presidency. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was just, like, fucking awkward. And people, like, rejected them immediately because, like, it's just not what the culture needed at the time. And I would yeah. argue it wouldn't have been needed if Hillary was president either, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, like, uh, it's always very cynical when you can feel like that. You know, which is too bad. And Scream Two—it's so weird that, like, just liberal America was just like, no, Hillary's definitely—it's—it's her time, you know. Mm -hmm. And it was like she barely beat Bernie Sanders, (laughs) like, you know, it's ah, this country's so dumb. I'm just annoyed with its stupidity at this point. (laughs) It's like one thing that like we do awful shit, but like. We also do it for dumb reasons. (laughs) Hey, but how about those NFTs? Oh, yeah. Didn't, like, some study come out recently that the NFT market is, like, actually, like, insanely small? Yeah. Like, it's just a bunch of rich people making themselves richer. Yeah, and people are, like, 
like they're just selling to each other on there. Like yeah. they're not. I mean, it's it's the the truth of behind like every corporate marketing scam. You know, I mean, like, we're seeing this metaverse bullshit. Like, I just, like, at the day of recording, if you want to know when we recorded this, I just tweeted, like, a dunk about, like, how, like, what, what the the Facebook marketplace wants to look like or whatever. And it looks like just some fucking bullshit you could do. Like, you can make in um in that Half-Life simulator. What is that? Like, a Gary's Mod? You know? And oh, it's yeah, like, yeah. And it's like, it's, here's the future of shopping. But it's also like you that's way more difficult because then you have to log yeah. <laughs> in. You have to go through each section of the store individually, pick out your items, agree or disagree to specific terms, yada, yada. And it's like, I can just go to the fucking store. But you have well, to like lie that, to your like shareholders every... because you need to convince them of exponential growth. When yeah. in reality, we've reached like the pinnacle of what certain like things are in life. And that's okay. You know? Yeah. That we, we've reached the pinnacle of shopping. We should be. Honestly, <laughs> the, the reason why society sucks so hard right now is that, like, we should be, like, just doing a victory lap, you know? Mm. It's like we have solved basically everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, we, if, we, if we chose to, starting tomorrow, we could feed everyone. We could power everything. <laughs> we, could, we could have... We're basically near post-scarcity as a society, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we could totally do it, and we're just choosing not to. <laughs> like, we're just like, yeah, but what if we had more? <laughs> it's like, no, man. Like, like if we just made it a little more even, we could give it to everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, we're actually, let's just burn everything. <laughs> and I would argue this is the failing of every Scream sequel. It didn't right. solve anything. No, no. <laughs> I I, that is no, no, that's not. No, no. If I had if I had to pick like a quick failing of like the 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 direct Scream sequels, it's that everything that happens in them is done better in Scream, and was Craven's new nightmare, which is a film that like explicitly ties the 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 suffering and pain of the story being told to profit margins of producers who are trying to make a buck. You know, like they bring about basically almost the apocalypse. Through, like, this version of Freddy in New Nightmare, which is, like, a yeah. demon. Th- New Nightmare is fucking nuts, um, but it's great. <laughs> and uh, and people will just power through it because, they, you know, the producers are going to make money, so why not? And Scream 2 doesn't nearly get as, like, anti-capitalist as that. <laughs> yeah. But it does kind of start tapping into, like, the relationship of, like, performance and, like, the self a little bit, I think. Uh, and I don't think it ties it as well together as it could have, though. Like through it, the villains, it does. I will say one thing: it seemed to have it out for nerd culture a little earlier than some things. Yeah, that I do admire, especially I, now. I, but I got I gotta have beef about the scene about no sequels are as good as the original. It's like so many mm. sequels are better than the original. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> well, here's the thing: the the two people arguing. That making that argument, the guy saying that there are good sequels is the villain of the film. Yes, yes. And the guy who says there are no good sequels is violently murdered. <laughs> yes, that's so, also true. I, I don't know if uh, we're supposed to to take what they say <laughs> at face value. Maybe it, you know what? Yeah, you're, you're probably right on that one. Um, it's, also, it's shout just out taking the like general audience 
because that's the general attitude of audiences that like all sequels are worse, you know. Yeah, like, and, but uh, I, I still have that with some people. Oh no, no, for sure. But uh, shout out to my my girl Sarah Michelle Geller who gets the line, "Someone's got a boner for Cameron." Oh yeah, which is pretty great. Uh, she also does not survive the film, which is a bummer. Yeah, she's good, and and I'll get back to her in a second. But I gotta yeah, say yeah. one thing about that. One thing that kind of bugs me about the like there are no good sequel scene is that. The two people arguing it are supposed to be horror fans, right? Mm-hmm. There, there is no genre that has more better sequels <laughs> than horror. Yeah, you know. And like, you know what? If I don't know, like the the temperature on nerd culture for horror stuff back then, but if it's anything like now, no group of fans would go to bat for any other sequels harder than horror fans. Exactly. You know, like what's that great tweet where it's like. You know, horror fans are so fucked up because they're like, oh, have you ever seen Insane Clown Posse 5? It was banned in Brazil in the end of the 30-minute torture scene. It's better than The Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's I mean, exactly yeah, that's the, horror, man. Yeah, yeah, you know. That's horror. Um, but, but here's the thing. Like, and, like, we can take the temperature on, like, what nerd culture was then, like, blah, blah, blah. There was, there is no time in American history... <laughs> Where people didn't agree that Evil Dead 2 was better than Evil Dead 1. <laughs> yeah, it's right there is what I'm saying. Also, it's like, I, I'm curious. This this might just be a, a deeper cut nerd thing because it's still like not that well known, I guess, outside of film circles. But like Gremlins 2 was seven years before this movie came out. Yeah. Gremlins 2 is clearly the better film. But when did, like, I don't know when Gremlins 2 achieved cult status. Okay, like, okay. Like that's... Uh, I think that's our generation just because of being on TV so much. Like, I saw Gremlins 2 on TV a lot when I was Oh, no, I, I rented it. I rented both oh, okay. of them. And, and uh, my mother, the saint she is, did not like them, but she lied to me about that for like five years. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, But hey, to bring it back to like the anti-women point I was making about the first one. Um, so Sarah Michelle Gellar is like ends up being the like third victim in this, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the killers is the guy arguing sequels, and she's like, oh, someone's got a boner for Cameron. Like, she attacks him for it, and then he kills her. Mm -hmm. It's the nerd attacking a woman for invading male spaces. Ooh. See, this movie's still got, like, a lot going on. Again, it's just not... It's still got that. Scream. (laughs) I know there's a lot of interesting stuff with uh, Timothy Oliphant's character. Like, he's, he's an interesting kind of subversion of the first two guys of just like it's it's kind of an attack on people who say the movies made me do it it's like if you say movies make you kill you're giving an excuse to idiots like this yeah. you know uh-huh. which is which is an interesting point to make um i like him it's not seeing timothy oliphant this young um yeah he looks the same i mean like no does. not really but like in the same way that keanu really hasn't aged Timothy Oliphant kind of really hasn't aged. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say it is a little odd that he's gone for like an hour. <laughs> there's the a lot of that where people disappear for huge stretches. Uh huh. And, um, and a, er, well, mm-hmm. I, it's just it's just, it's a bummer. It's it's weird. Um, I think it, it it gives it like a an air of convenience that wasn't there in the first film. Yeah. You know. There's a little bit of that. This one isn't as tightly wound, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the tell is a little early on, like that he did it, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
Um, because there's a scene where they find the videotape. And, like, remember, they're, like, watching a tape, and then they're like, wait, I didn't shoot this. And, like, the whole movie's been talking about this documentary he's been trying to make. Mm-hmm. Like, so, like, oh, so he did it. And, like, they don't reveal it's him for, like, another, like, 15 minutes, I think. At least it felt like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, then the the secret second killer this time is the mother of uh, Skeet Ulrich's character. I, I, yeah, Laurie I Metcalf. just forgot his name. <laughs> Um, Billy Loomis. Thank you. Don't know how that happened. That's like one of the most iconic horror villains ever now. Um, And yeah, Laurie Metcalf is great. She's got great crazy eyes. It's unfortunate that I just hear Andy's mom. (laughs) Aww. She's great, though. I love Laurie Metcalf. Yeah. Um, But yeah, for me, it's uh, anytime she's in anything, it's like, oh, there's there's Andy's mom again. (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to do? That was like the first movie I ever saw in theaters. Yeah, yeah. Um... So, but yeah, she's she's fantastic. I th- I think she fucking kills in this. She's really good, yeah. Um, I wonder how I feel about though, like her being the killer. Like, here's I guess a hot take conspiracy thing. I don't know if I fully believe Kevin Williamson saying, "Oh yeah, those were all fake leaks." Mm-hmm. I'm willing to bet some stuff did change during production because there's lines in Scream 3 about these actors trying to make the stab sequels. We didn't even talk about they're, they're trying to make stab sequel or stab movies, the versions oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah. Scream movies in the Scream universe, which I think is is like kind of obvious but also kind of brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um because the whole thing's about the relationship to fiction, violence, yada yada. Um, but there's lines in Scream 3 where the actors are like, how the fuck am I supposed to learn my lines? Stuff's getting changed on the fly. I have to learn line 15 minutes before blah, 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 blah. I feel like that actually happened on these movies. Yeah, but that happens on a lot of movies. Yeah, but like, like, but it's the norm now, but it wasn't back then. No, it was totally beginning to be the norm thanks to our two buddies, uh, Bob and Harvey Weinstein. Oh, like they—they they definitely started a lot of that. Oh, there's some shit in Scream Three we're gonna talk about. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a weird thing in Scream uh-huh. Three. <laughs> uh huh. Um, I, I, I don't know what else I want to talk about. Scream. 2. I really just love the opening. Like that's really where all my notes were. I was like, "Fuck, is this gonna be even better than I remembered?" No, but like, it's really. I think it's really great. I would say it's a straight up great movie that has some flaws it's very good okay i don't know if i go great but i know like some people really love it you know yeah. and and i like again it. like i i i'd say i even love it like i, I really really love scream how do two, we feel but there's some about stuff. jerry o'connell um that's one of the reasons why i think kevin williamson's kind of lying <laughs> <laughs> i think the character relationship stuff isn't quite as strong outside of the core group of Scream cast members. Like the, the, the survivors from the first film. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's as compelling. What I about f- that scene where he sings to her in front of everyone? Again, I don't That's think a it's a... of a scene. It's, it's, a, it's a little <laughs> odd. It feels more appropriate for Scream 3 is what I'll say right now. I guess, yeah. Um... um. Not not a fan. Sorry. Because uh, I, I guess you'd have to have, like... You would need, like, one of the greatest leading men in the history of Hollywood to pull off a scene mm-hmm. like that. You would need, like, the next fucking, like... 
God, I don't even know who. You know what? No, I don't know anyone who could pull that off. <laughs> I, I genuinely don't. Chris Evans, maybe? Maybe. Chris Evans, when like, they figured out like what wavelength he should be on. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some movies that just make him look like a total asshat. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, Gene his Kelly? His rose got him killed. <laughs> his rap rose did get him killed. Yeah, that's fucked up. That's why hazing is wrong, kids. Yeah, because then you'll get shot by Timothy <laughs> That's a Oliphant. hell of a bullet wound, by the way. Like, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, yeah, You know what? The climax is actually, I think, really interesting, too, even if it is a little messy. I, I think it's I like, feel a little bad how many people get killed by the end of this one. Like This one felt a little more brutal for me. Well, I mean, it's the, it's the rule of sequels, right? It's got the, the gore's got to be... Uh, crazier, the kill count's got to be higher, which is true. Yeah. Ten people die in this movie as opposed to like the six of the first one, I think. Right? Yeah, it's actually it's actually pretty low in the first one when you really think about it. Yeah, it feels like, it feels like more, but it's just like no, you just like those characters more. And not that I dislike anyone here, but like I also don't care as much about them. Uh, mm. Although you know, this is the big one. Randy dies in this one after giving yeah. the rules and stuff like that, and uh, that that one. I was saying earlier how this film didn't really have any harsh moments. Like, it's meaner, but I didn't feel like the gravity of the deaths the way I did in the first one. Except for Sarah Michelle Gellar's, because I, I like that character, and obviously I'm, I'm a fan of hers. But Randy's fucked me up, and I straight up <laughs> didn't like that for like the first ten years that I, I had seen this film. Mm-hmm. Well, because Randy is like, if you're the film nerd, he's like your guy. Yeah. You know? Well, he's also, he's uh, he's an innocent. Which, I mean, the rules are out the window for the sequel. That's, like, new game, new rules. Although, I gotta thing. say, they have to- they did a very good job portraying, like, Randy, who was, like, Randy Meeks. He was literally meek when he was in high school. But, like, he's coming into his own once he's in college, you know? Yeah, and, I mean, that's, but, like, a relatable thing for a lot of, like, people growing up. Who, who doesn't mm-hmm. go through a version of that, you know? And I guess I'll say this. Like, one thing I, I, I find weird about this is that, like, by this point, I'm, like... Sydney's life should be fucked up. Like, <laughs> like she wouldn't recover from this, you know? Mm-hmm. I love the opening scene where she gets the phone call where the guy's like, are you alone in the house, Sydney? And, like, she immediately just checks caller ID. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that's great. That's great. That's She's like, not great. letting that happen again. Yeah, it's like this great little moment of her being like, I've had to put up with this shit. Like, it sucks, but i put up with it. Mm-hmm. And But, like, after this where it's like, oh, no, you're going to lose your old friend, your new boyfriend, and your roommate, like, like, yeah, you're not getting over that anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, I should note that in the original script leak, like, we talked about who were the extra villains, the boyfriend and the roommate, uh, they were also going to be lovers behind the scenes, and going to use, like, the murders to gain notoriety and stuff like that. Oh, uh, so it was going to be that was the motive? Yeah, uh, fake or otherwise. Like, I- I'm sure... Most of the stuff Kevin Williamson said was fake was fake. I just have questions about the boyfriend character because well, it kind of feels like elements, he's just there to die. A lot of those elements about like fame are definitely like tied in with Lee Shriver's character, you know? Mm-hmm. Of like he got out of prison, and he's like trying to spin like his innocence thing into like a career. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is really cynical, but I do kind of find it funny. <laughs> no, yeah, like that's like I think that's cynical, like with a pulse, you know. Whereas, like, the body count on this, I'm just like, man, this is... It doesn't doesn't make it better, you know? It's like Die Hard 2 destroys, like, kills, like, hundreds of people. 
are dead by the end of that movie. crash that whole plane. Yeah. And, but it's also like it doesn't like raise the stakes more, you know? Because <laughs> I don't. Yeah, but then you know like... the bad guy means business. I hate that bullshit. Sorry. You know the bad guy means business. No, so he kills a lot of people. Didn't you see that nice old lady that was on the plane? She got blown up. Robert Patrick. <laughs> now Robert Patrick's fucking awesome. That's so funny that he's just like in that one scene in that movie. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like if you if you've seen Terminator Two before that, like I did, you're like, oh fuck, here he is, and then he's like here gone. He is. It's like, oh, all oh, right, everyone starts somewhere. Uh, fucking Die Hard Two is fucking insanely violent. <laughs> that yeah. movie is ridiculous. Like even compared to the first one, mm-hmm. what's that about? I, I I don't know. Rennie Harlan. What's that about? Rennie Harlan. Our boy Rennie Harlan. Yeah, he's just fucking going crazy. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, I respect that. Um, I don't respect. Well, actually, you know what? No, I do respect this. And now, Roger I, now Ebert, I do like. Who gave the original Die Hard a mixed review, described the sequel as terrific entertainment. No, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I remember that. No, but I, how do you feel about Randy dying then? Because I, I didn't like it until like recently, really. Um. You know what? I, it never like bugged me in the way it bugged other people. Yeah, I mean, it's still like, like a controversial like thing now. Mm-hmm. I think though I gotta say like I think in my mind's eye I might have seen the Randy gets murder scene like completely divorced from this movie just like on TV one day oh so okay. like I might have known in the back of my head he was gonna die so like it wasn't like a shocking moment mm-hmm. um cause like you know back in the day like you just flip through channels and you would like see like five minutes of a movie and then go on with your life like <laughs> yeah I mean that's how I got into Alien I just remember being like what the fuck was that yeah <laughs> Because, like, I was always kind of aware of Scream. It's always, like, that weird thing of just, like, it, like you see scenes out of context and you're, like, trying to guess what the fuck these movies are even about. Like, I remember that. But, yeah, I don't know. Randy, Randy's death never, like, upset me that much. But it is pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fuck. <laughs> Broad daylight, too, which is, like, a rarity. Yeah. And that's something um, I don't think it's very scary. I think the first film genuinely gets unsettling with like the the direction of the camera and like the yeah. the atmosphere, and I don't think any scream sequel gets there. I'll say this: it got my sister a few times. I watched this with my sister, and like she was genuinely shocked by certain moments. Okay, interesting. Uh, and she had seen these movies, so mm-hmm. um, who knows? Maybe it was just very uh, easy. No, I mean, uh, everyone responds to stuff differently, you know? I mean, that's... Do we want to talk about David Warner appearing in this film as Wes Craven? <laughs> sure. Go ahead. I don't know. I just I got a kick out of that. <laughs> He's so clearly, like, kind of a Wes Craven stand-in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, David Warner was almost a Freddy. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. I believe it, for the first one, like, he was initially cast and then had to leave for, like, scheduling conflicts. Mm. And then, or it was the second one. There's always that story of, like, they tried to recast Freddy for uh, Nightmare 2. And, like, someone at New Line was like, you idiots. Like, <laughs> you don't understand what you have here. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking put him back in. Um, but he gives a great speech about her, like, trying to, like, overcome all this stuff and then she's like you're full of shit he's like yeah I'm desperate there's no understudy <laughs> like <laughs> that's a great little moment yeah. in the middle of this uh, I also want to shout I don't know how much more we have on screen too uh, yeah but 
I, I want to give a shout out to Marco Beltrami, who has scored every Scream sequel except for the upcoming Scream 5. I think he's one of the best composers working today. Uh, he's worked with Guillermo del Toro a bunch of times. He um, he did an incredible score, I think, for The Shallows back in 2016 that I think is like crazy. That, that entire movie production is like super under like praised, I think. But um, mm-hmm. some other people who worked on this film musically were Danny Elfman, who composed some original material for this, and Hans Zimmer, who did not compose some original material for this, but used some of his score from Broken Arrow. Or some of his score hey. from Broken Arrow was used, I should say. Uh, have you seen Broken Arrow? Um, not in a long time. Okay, it's fucking badass. <laughs> I from... Yeah, you'll like it. I... I remember liking it. I mean, it's John Woo, you know. Yeah, it's no face-off, but then again, what is? Yeah. How can you beat face-off? Yeah. His oh, face... Caster Troy. Yeah. I mean, his <laughs> face fucking comes off. <laughs> I went into face-off not knowing that was what the plot of that film was. Really? Okay. And I laughed for about a good five minutes. No, I remember even my dad was fucking... My dad was not a guy that got hyped about movies, but even he was like, no, this is the fucking shit. And, and then I knew it was strange because growing up, I knew my mom and dad didn't get along, right? But even <laughs> my mom was like, oh, no, that movie is the shit. And everyone in my family, for some reason, gets fucking hyped for Face Off. I don't hey, know what it is. Rules. Yeah, Face Off just fucking rocks. I guess it's a universal thing. It's like life, death, taxes, and Face Off fucks. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Scream 2. It's good. It's really good. good. Good sequel. We're probably, there's probably a deeper reading we could give on this one, but I'm not going to do it. No, okay. Um, everyone's hair is very red in the Blu-ray. Really? Yeah. I did not watch the Blu-ray. Okay, I don't know what that's about, but, yeah. Is that, again, another fallout of the Weinstein thing? Uh, I don't know, actually. Them just not, whoever released it. No, because the Blu-ray it says here was 2011, so that was too early. No, yeah, um, yeah. I assume anything where it's, like, when the Weinstein shit is, like, all the releases are super weird now, I'm just like, well, we know why. Mm. <laughs> like, uh, some of the earlier Blu-rays like that ha- tended to have like weird transfers though, so maybe that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Does the Weinstein Company even exist now? Like, no, it's something else. Now, hang on. Now I'm gonna have to fucking check this. Shit. It filed for Chapter Eleven bankruptcy. Ah, thank you. And um, and Lantern Entertainment um emerged as the winner of the studio's bankruptcy auction. Mm. Oh, you so. know what? I have one more thing to bring up. The cinematography for Scream Two and Three was done by Peter Deming. Do you know who that is? I've heard of the, I've heard the name. Peter Deming works with filmmakers like Sam Raimi, David Lynch. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Yeah, Dave, David Lynch is the big one, and Jay Roach for some reason. I don't know what, what the <laughs> fuck Dave. Yeah, Jay Roach sucks. Um, but Peter Deming. Does he, Jay Roach suck? I don't know anything about Jay Roach. Yeah, well, he made uh the campaign bombshell. Dinner for Schmucks, Meet the Parents, Trumbo. Yeah, but he also did uh, the Austin Powers films. Did he really? Yeah, he did all three of them. Oh, those classics. I mean, that's that's really why I knew him for. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, anyways, Peter Deming also worked with Josh Trank on Capone, which I hey think now. is like really close to being something really special. Doesn't yeah, the movie is there. so close to actually being a good movie. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I'm there for Josh Trank's next one. Um. And uh, Peter Deming also shot Drag Me to Hell, which we both love. Yeah. 
And he does come back for Scream 4, but we'll talk about that eventually. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think he's like... Th- these movies, uh, the sequels anyways, are like fantastically shot films. But I do think he brings like a certain atmosphere to them. Coming no, I actually of, like, like the, the look of all the Scream movies. I, like, I do too, not... but he's, it's not like the first one where I'm just like, holy fuck, this is like everything, you know? Yeah. And that, that's less to do with like the cinematography or anything like that. It's just like everything comes together so perfectly for that first one. Mm-hmm. That's all. All right, Scream 2. Good job, everyone. Now yeah. we wait three years to get Scream 3 in February of 2000. All right, Matt, what do you think about Scream 3? Um, eh. That's my review. <laughs> it's... There's some there's some bad in this. There's some yeah. really interesting in this. Uh, I there's don't some interesting stuff. Yeah, I mean, it. actually, you know what? There's um, a lot of interesting shit in here, um, but most of that is just like through the culture of Hollywood and what the film's yeah. trying to do. Uh, it's easily the weakest screen movie. I don't hate it. Um, I know some people are like, "Man, what a disaster!" And I don't I don't think disaster, but like, it lacks like the wit. Of the Scream series, yeah, and it, and what wit it does try to have is really bad. Yeah, I, I would say that. Like, it seems to really miss the mark on the like the uh, satire angle. I would say. I think so, so too. Um, I, I think it, there's a lot of like really tired Hollywood satire ideas in this, of just like oh, dumb actors act like ladder climbing idiots, like just shit like that you know yeah i it, it doesn't feel fresh like scream 2 for like the problems that we i don't know we didn't really cover like any problems in it because all the problems are still on scream 3 but like it it felt fresh you know like you watch it now it feels like a movie that's kind of like alive whereas scream 3 it's like oh it's a scream sequel i i will say i think there's definitely really interesting stuff in it like i know i keep saying that but like there's a lot we could like talk about and probably other smarter people have talked about it already. So we will not spend another three hours talking about Scream 3. Sorry, yeah. everyone. To anyone who <laughs> out there who was like, oh, no, that's my favorite one. The two people yeah, yeah, too out bad. there on planet Earth. Um, yeah, sorry, everyone. Um, hey, Jay and Silent Bob are in this movie. I know. I know. I didn't want to. <laughs> I was like, I hope he doesn't bring that up because I don't want to talk about that. But what does that mean? Uh, shout out to Kevin Smith for publicly saying that you know what if I had to take it all back just so no one would get hurt like I'd give my whole fucking career back if I could so respect you know because the Weinsteins were horrible monsters and uh, he should die in prison yeah that would be great that would be yeah. But what am I? But what I'm asking here, <laughs> I'm trying to turn this into a positive. Is why are Jay and Silent Bob in this movie? I don't as know. Jay and Silent Bob. I, I don't know. Now here's the thing: they should have just stuck around. You know what? The yeah. Movie, the movie should have been Jay and Silent Bob meet Ghostface. <laughs> Honestly, like, why not? The tone of this one's real fucking aloof. Like, yeah, too aloof. Just gone full comedy with it you know like, i agree like i mean recently we obviously talked about matrix revolutions and some people were like kind of thrown off by like the vibe of it but <laughs> considering that's like a legacy sequel um i think that's like the right tone and also like just 
it's totally fine to do different things for movie sequels, you know? Well, here's here's my take on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you bring Jay and Silent Bob in. It's a movie that is, quote-unquote, like a satire about, cliche, about, like, trilogies, right? Yeah. Like, this is about film trilogies. That's the, the gag is, the movie isn't the end of a trilogy. It's actually a stoner comedy. <laughs> okay. Can Sydney so still be in it? So all the people are doing things... Because they think this is what happens in a film trilogy, but then Jay and Silent Bob are actually the ones figuring things out because they realize they're in a stoner comedy. You, you know what? No, 100%. 100%, yes, that should have been the movie. <laughs> I mean, because that's like kind of like a Rocky Fourth. I mean, this is totally a Rocky Four and Five situation where it's just like real goofy shit by this point, right? Yeah. And then the legacy sequel can kind of ground things again. Mm-hmm. Like the Rocky franchise does, you know, like that's the that's one of the better things about that series in particular, in my opinion, is that it's not just like, all right, let's discard the goofy shit that doesn't work. They made Creed arguably the best of the entire franchise that takes yeah, the goofiest it- shit and makes it like, no, this is a real tragedy that occurred. And we're going to play it completely straight because there is material to mine from something like they that. made. They made the movie where Rocky winning a match and then giving a speech so powerful it ended the Cold War. <laughs> they made that, like, central to Creed. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, that's honestly what I love about weird, messy sequels, you know? Is that, yeah. like, if you stay true to those characters and that storytelling, like, you can still pull something interesting out of it. You know, No Time to Die, another one I really loved recently, where it's, like, I'm not crazy about Spectre, but it took what like it needed to from that movie to tell its own story. Like it continued the series. It didn't just toss things away. Like that's what I really fucking hate about like modern sequel stuff. It's like, oh, you guys didn't like that one, so we're not we're gonna ignore it and outright retcon it. Like that's yeah, not the, storytelling. It's it's fucking bullshit. Sorry. The weird obsession with retcon where it's like there's it, it shows how little foresight Hollywood has because really what happens with all these sequels is like if something isn't received well. Five, ten years later, like, no one's going to remember that, you know? Uh Like, people just, you sand the edges off. You just, you know, you can ignore it if you want. Like, like, I don't mean ignore it as in, like, ignore the whole film, but, like, you can ignore an element that maybe didn't work. Yeah, you know? And just not explore it well. But, like, just just keep going forward and, like, it'll find its place eventually, you know? I can't think of too many movies where it's, like, that, like, really benefited from ignoring everything. (laughs) yeah. Can you can like what was the time when you were like, all right, we really needed a reboot? Like, I don't know. Like, I like the ha- new Halloween movies, but like, if they had done a new Halloween, it was like we're just gonna follow up Halloween Resurrection. I'll be like, fine. Like, I, you know what? That could have been interesting. It's definitely a different movie you have to make. Yeah, I, yeah. I would have been interested in checking that out and be like, no, Lori like survived that fall yeah she went to witness protection program or some shit again (laughs) yeah you know whatever it doesn't take place in Haddonfield now it takes place in yada yada and her Mm -hmm. her son has a kid now uh Josh Hartnett who they should bring back for that last one along with Danielle Harris I think they should bring back every cast member that hasn't been brought back yet (laughs) I think what they do is they finish out this trilogy and then you make another Halloween trilogy that is just a sequel to those sequels that got rebooted (laughs) that's sure why not (laughs) Like just, just, just go fucking insane. The Halloween it. franchise is is fucking just. It is well that that's so. the one that is like out of control. Yeah, yeah. Like not the one where Jason goes to space. Like, 
Um, also, the other joke. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the other joke I made with my sister when we were watching Scream Three was that Jane and Bob should have been in it more, but they should have been the killer. They should have been the killer. <laughs> so then Ghostface goes like in one scene, Ghostface is like really tall and thin, and then in other scenes, Ghostface suddenly put on like fifty pounds. <laughs> like. Okay, sure, yeah. I've been it's to like this. so obvious who it is. <laughs> See, who the who could ghost face me? Holy shit. Um And then you could totally do it anywhere James and Bob don't realize that like they're really killing people. They think it's part of a movie. <laughs> oh my god, that would have been amazing. Oh boy. Um See it's just like really, like we you could run with Jay and Silent Bob being in this. It's so weird that they're in it for like two seconds. Yeah, right? That is somehow the weirdest thing you could have done. Yeah, I don't know. Like, the Weinstein-verse? Is that what you're saying we should do with these uh, now? I don't know about that. Yeah. But... No, because then you could put Paddington well, into Scream 5. Well, no, because I also know the thing is that at, at one point I heard Kevin Smith give an interview where he said one of the Weinsteins did pitch him on a Jay, Jay and Silent Bob meet the monsters. Like, because at a certain point, the Weinstein Company had the rights to a few of the horror guys. Hmm. It was like Hellraiser and someone else. I can't remember who. And they were like, well, we should do a Jay and Silent Bob meet the monsters. <laughs> and that's, you know what? That's not a terrible idea. I want, like, because there's no comedy team really anymore. Like, I really want, a, like, the modern Abbott and Costello. Like I said, you could totally do it with Key and Peele at this point mm-hmm. since like one of them has just gone full horror, but like, who knows if they even want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I just, I, I love, I love Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. So. <laughs> and no. it would be a better, like it would be better than these fucking movies that came out after scream that thinks what you're supposed to do is comment on how dumb and cliche these movies are. And then you can get away with being dumb and cliche, and it's like that's not what Scream's doing, you know? Yeah, it's like it's, even it's even reflecting. Scream Three, as like flawed as this movie is, like at its best, it's not just doing that, you know? Yeah. Um, let's talk about how dumb this movie is, though. <laughs> yeah, because uh, it is uh, incredibly not smart. Where the fuck do we even really begin? Like, I will say, I like the idea of the opening scene. I also think Wes Craven's kind of asleep at the wheel in this one. I I don't think there's that much interesting like direction going on even apart now from is the he camera asleep movement. at the wheel i guess i'm going to jump ahead to my maybe controversial take okay is he asleep at the wheel or is this his attempt to call out harvey weinstein <laughs> um probably the latter actually yeah and i i think maybe he had trouble with uh the making of this i mean he had trouble with the wine scenes on like all of them yeah like what you read about and like you read about the wine scenes basically nearly ruining these films mm-hmm. um yeah so I Matthew that. Lillard was contracted to reprise his role in Scream 3 <laughs> I fucking knew it I did not know that but I, I knew it you know he survived his apparent death he <laughs> comes back with a TV on his head <laughs> mm-hmm Oh, I guess there was an original version of this of Scream Three that would have taken place at a high school, and it was changed after the Columbine High School Massacre. Oh, you know what? I think that's also part of the reason why the tone is different this time. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, it's so weird to think about. We really did entertain. We forget like how strong it was for a few years, where it was like 
video games and movies caused the Columbine High School Massacre. Like, that wasn't, like, a fringe idea. Yeah. That was, like, the mainstream take. I mean, even once in a while now, it's like, are video games causing a, a rise in violence? And it's like, no, the police keep shooting black people. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's... Let's, let's keep the eye on the ball here, folks. Um, but yeah, like, it's, it's rarer now, but it still happens. I just think, I don't think it's the mainstream thing. I think now, though, that has shifted towards, like, any movie with sex in it is, like, corrupting the youth. I think that's the new take. Mm-hmm. I'm going to scream like, Benedetta in front of a crowd that's going to see Spider-Man. Yeah, just break them emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's weird. I would like Scream 6 to tackle uh, people that are repressed sexually on film. That's my hot take. I'm reading, I'm reading about some some choices. Oh, in, uh, okay. Scream 3. Oh, about, this, the this... Wein, about the Weinstein stuff in particular. Yeah, there, there are choices in this film. Uh, Lance Henriksen is in this as well, who I really yeah. love. And he plays, uh, he plays, um... Not Harvey, Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, he plays right? not Harvey. Yeah. And, uh, it says here, yeah, I mean, we, we forget that, like, Rose McGowan, who, like, was one of the first accusers of Harvey Weinstein to kind of come out, um, was assaulted, I think, like, in the wake of the first scream. Like, oh, yeah. It, it's, so, like, it is tied to it. It wouldn't be shocking if Wes Craven, like, knew about that. hmm Like, so... Um, there's yeah. a lot there's a lot of talk about like the uh like transactional sex in Hollywood in this movie. So like it feels very pointed. I just don't know if it totally works as like a narrative thing, you know? Like all props to Wes Craven trying to fucking like call out the shit, but it's one of these things where like I, I this is something that kind of bugs me in the wake of the Weinstein stuff where like everyone knew this shit was happening, you know? Mhm. And I don't specifically mean with Weinstein. I just mean, like, the casting couch thing, you know? Yeah. Of, like, you know, there's plenty of people who are, like, who are like Harvey Weinstein who are just not powerful, but they use just their very small position to get, to fucking take advantage of women. And everyone kind of knows exists. And if you talk to people now who will talk all day about Harvey Weinstein, they they will still say it's the women's fault for even giving in to something like that. Yeah, so fucking awful. Like, that just hasn't changed. Yeah. Which and is a line in this film, by the way. Yeah. yeah. And, like, that's the thing. I feel like that's the way Wes Craven kind of got away with doing it in the movie is that the argument that is being made by the not primary antagonist but an antagonist, a villain, <laughs> um, is the general argument. And it's one that I think an unfortunate number of people agree on. Um, and it's a weird thing of, like, the like people like well you wanted to be famous so you deserve this and it's a weird thing where people it's it's how we approach fame to this day and it's still like very frustrating and upsetting Mm -hmm. and like so i I think the film has ideas that are like on the pulse of culture um i don't think it brings them home in any meaningful way yeah and i think they're even passing like ideas for like set pieces that are tied to it you know like the exploding house which is fucking ridiculous that yeah. is maybe the single dumbest moment in the franchise. It doesn't even like it's not even telegraphed very well. Like no, going... they had a flashlight, and then suddenly the one guy, like for that one moment, the one guy that went back needed a match. It's you know, it's 
Like, wow. Like, I'm not, I tend not to be a dude who's like, oh, this is not very realistic. But, like, what do you even, like, get from that? <laughs> like, There's not even, like, any suspense in it. No, like... it, it's just ridiculous. But I will say, one of the things I do like in this movie, the opening scene, I actually think is is kind of compelling. I don't think it's also put together very well, but I mm-hmm. I like the idea of it. Now Ghostface can mimic people's voices, which is very ridiculous. I like ridiculous. that Cotton's <laughs> show is named 100% Cotton. I like that too. I, I like this character. He's weird and scumbaggy, but I like yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. And he doesn't give up Sydney. Yeah, I guess he did the right thing at the end. Yeah, you know, it's like... I don't know. It's it kind of like a, the J. Jonah Jameson thing where it's like, God, he's like, who who is, you know, in my opinion, less of a scumbag at the heart of this fictionalized character that I have in my head. Um, but like when, when push comes to shove, when Green Goblin smashes into the Daily Bugle, he like doesn't give up Peter Parker because he's got like a semblance of morals, you know. Are we going to hell? Probably. Because we bring up Marvel every time we do a podcast. Probably. Yeah. So well, we could bring no, up but I'm bringing thing. up I'm I'm bringing up just a, a separate thing. It just happens to be yeah. But like even then, it's like we can't help ourselves. Like <laughs> we're gonna have to watch like come and see next just to like yeah. stop ourselves as pedants. <laughs> yeah. Um, scream, scream three, scrim. <laughs> um, this movie's full of weird actors. Yes. Um, Patrick Dempsey is strange. They uh, seem to just forget about him in the sequel, even though they kind of, like, slot him in at the end of, like, now he's part of the gang. Yeah. Um, maybe because Hollywood forgot Patrick Dempsey. <laughs> maybe. Uh, Jenny McCarthy, famous anti-vaxxer Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> um, did you not know that? No. God damn, that was, like, her only personality for, like, the last two decades. Really? Fuck. Yeah. I don't know where the fuck I've been. Although I think now she is, she says she is pro-safe vaccines. Yeah, that means is, no, that that's just a, a yeah. anti-vaxxer way of covering your ass. It's like a Republican yeah. that says they're actually a centrist. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's super anti-vax, and she had Jim Carrey anti-vax for at least a little bit. Yeah, I um, I, I hope he's changed his tune on that. <laughs> I've heard anything you hear about James. I mean, uh, Jim Carrey these days is that he's like completely out of touch with reality, basically. <laughs> He sounds like he's just out of out of his mind. Uh, her Jenny McCarthy's character might be the worst in the movie. Like, a tough competition, frankly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's such a dumb character, and I don't know. This movie bugs the shit out of me. I don't like most of what's in it. Um, Emily Mortimer is in it. Yeah, who uh, my girl from the newsroom. My favorite show. Oh yeah, that that hit. Uh, no, she she's a great actress. She's been great in plenty of things. Boy, she gets some stinker fucking projects sent her way though. Yeah. Um, she's innocent. I think she's she's talented, but uh, fuck. She is, she's good in this. <laughs> she, yeah. What she's getting. Um, um, but you know who's great in this? Patrick Warburton. Close. Okay, I really like him in this, but go ahead. No, he's he's good in this. He is good in this, but he's like not in it enough for me to go like that in on it okay but i'm talking about parker posey <laughs> yeah who gives a commanding performance she's really good i like her parker posey's fantastic it's a bummer when she dies in the movie because <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Because you kind of want her to become part of the team. <laughs> I, I do too. That would have been kind of fun. Um, yeah. I would say that because Scream 4 kind of goes back to the basics, at least in its premise, that it would be very odd to see people like her and Patrick Dempsey back in that one, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I also agree with you. I, I, I like her a lot in this. And, of course, we have to shout out maybe the best cameo in the film. Actually, no, it is the best cameo in the film. It's Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Who fucking kills as the person who looked like Princess Leia but didn't sleep with George Lucas. Yeah. And hey, that's, again, there's like another pointed line about like casting couch type shit mm-hmm. from Carrie Fisher of all fucking people. Yeah. Like, she makes that joke a lot. Mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher made the joke about sleeping with George Lucas a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, I'm assuming there's no truth to that because George Lucas does not come across as that type of person. Oh, hey, 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 Carrie. Hey, Carrie. I can't even, like, do it, like, like all the way through. It's too funny. He did the, he, I, I think he is the famous, he has the famous quote about how there's no underwear in space. I think he said that to her. Yeah. <laughs> which like, is, like, George. Which is, uh, hey. That, that's why, like, maybe I, I agree with you that it didn't happen, because it's like, she would just laugh it off and be like, no, come on, dude, just, yeah. No. Well, we gotta remember, George Lucas is also the person that got so stressed making Star Wars, he almost had a heart attack. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah he had to he's... check himself into the hospital. <laughs> he's, he's like the ultimate nerd. Yeah. Um. Yeah, she's great. She could have stuck around in the movie, too. Carrie Fisher? Yeah, I, I mean, like, that would have been kind of fun. Like, now I'm into your idea, or I'm more into your idea about, like, Jay and Silent Bob sticking around, too. And then yeah. you just get, like, these genuine celebrities in the film, and they start dying off, you know? I don't, I don't know about your idea of James Island Bob being Ghostface. Yeah, that was just more just, like, me but, and my sister. Dude, that, that's fucking him. funny still. But, like, yeah. if, if... I just love the image approach, of like... this, like... <laughs> I just can't get out of my head. It's who's Ghostface? It's just so obvious. <laughs> no, that's amazing. But, like, if you approach this thing with, like, actually confronting the ideas of, like, celebrity... And like fame and stuff like that, uh, in a more direct capacity, that that would have been better. Because like like Dewey in this is like, oh yeah, I'm like a not a supervisor. What is he? He's like a consultant on on the Stab trilogy now. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like he you just need him in the film. That's why he's there. And I like, also like the idea I love that Dewey, but like it's ridiculous. I also like the notion that they're doing a Stab three, even though like there hasn't been a third string of murders. Mm-hmm. Like I like that idea. Um. That is kind of fun. Yeah, this movie's a mess. I don't know. I don't really have much to say about it. All right, I'll, I'll list off um, some things I do like because, like, you watch it and you know you. I like. There's I said, not I think a I lot. I like to a get. lot of the individual performances. I like seeing Roger Corman show up for like two seconds in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. Here's something weird. This movie feels like really like uneven, like and like poorly structured. Where we get the tape from. Jamie Kennedy, remember Jamie Kennedy like filmed himself? Yeah, yeah, he has a cameo from his. Uh, it's given to the the cast by his sister that we've never heard of or seen before. Yeah, and when that happens, I'm like, this should have happened earlier in the movie. Yeah, like, and it feels like it came way too fucking late. And there's a big problem, like, you know, when you see that scene, it's like that's weird that this is happening now with characters that we haven't heard of, and this is only kind of relevant to this scene of the movie. That happens, like, in every scene, almost, of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, oh, that's weird that we had this thing that should have been established earlier, but now it's convenient for the characters to know about. That's why it's here Another now. 
moment is when Sydney is walking around and she ends up on the set of the movie and she has like a weird like kind of like flashback to her time, you know, her youth. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and this is like going into like the third act. I'm like, this should have happened like way earlier. <laughs> yeah, and see, like, I even like the idea of that too. Like her wandering yeah, around good, like the house. It's a good idea for yeah. a scene. Of, yeah, 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 Like yeah, she's yeah. like kind of losing sense of like who she is because it's like been like manufactured and repackaged so many times at this point. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, there's like a movie version of her, and then it's like, and then that ties into her relationship with her mother and all that stuff. Yeah. Oh, the mother but, stuff is weird in this. <laughs> The most stuff's weird, but, like, it just feels like that's a scene that should have happened way earlier. <laughs> yeah, and see, like, that's another thing that you could have really explored with, like, the idea of, like, famous celebrity, because Sydney doesn't want that, you know? Like, she's living out in the fucking wilderness right in the opening yeah. of this movie. And, like, I- I've seen criticism about, like, her uh, her job as, like, a, like a, like a call worker. Mm-hmm. And to me, I was like, I don't know, she's, she, she can control that aspect of her life. That seems true to me. You know, you know what? I've actually heard that a lot of people that do that stuff have kind of gone through like traumatic stuff themselves. Yeah, that's like the like, truest character stuff in the movie to me. There's something about that where, like, I think if you go through something like that, you can kind of like weather it a little better. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, mm. or or just like if you hear it from someone else, you like you can handle like giving advice a little easier. Um, I, actually, I know plenty of people that have gone into like careers like that where it's like. I can't believe you're going into that after the shit you went through. Mm-hmm. Now, having gone through my medical shit, I have definitely not pivoted to a life where I want to be part of like fucking groups talking about all our healthcare problems. <laughs> but it's the last thing I want to spend my life doing. But mm-hmm. hey, maybe just healthcare is just ongoing because the healthcare industry is evil and never leaves you alone. Maybe, yeah. Um, no, I, I like that stuff in this movie, and uh, there's probably some other stuff I want to mention that I didn't write down. Um, oh, the villain, uh, Scott Foley, is her half-brother. Yeah. I'm totally Remember cool Scott with this Foley? retconning stuff. I'm, I'm totally cool with the retconning stuff. Uh, it I'm doesn't fine with that, too, honestly. That well. It's silly, but I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah, you know, it's like, I don't know, there, there's something there, and the, the idea of, like, so, like you mentioned, the the repackaging of Sydney's life, like that's a thing that happens with like certain biopics, you know. Like, there's a movie coming out about um, oh, what what's the actress from Baywatch, uh, Pamela Anderson and her relationship yeah. to some musician or something like that, right? Like, there's some Hulu series coming out about it that was not authorized by the people involved in the story. Like, that's weird. I don't. That is weird. I don't feel like that. that should be legal, you know. And like well, everyone's still doing the, the well now everyone's trying to chase the like free Britney thing, you know. Yeah, like there's like 20 Britney Spears documentaries, and like none of them actively helped her. Yeah, like she had to help herself, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and thankfully she has, and she's like one now, and it's fantastic results for that story. But like, you know what's really people are just profiting the... off of these other people's lives and misery and that's like weird and i like that idea in scream 3 that is doesn't really go anywhere but it's there yeah you know what's really comforting about those type of documentaries is the knowledge that once those documentaries are out there those mistakes will never be made again by our culture <laughs> sorry it's so fucked up it's <laughs> <laughs> like jesus christ everyone watching free britney patting themselves on the back being like yeah we shouldn't be mean to britney and it's like you're gonna do it to someone else fucking five years from now 
Like some of you won't. I I know I know I know you guys. I know who will and I know who won't. <laughs> like Hume was one of the earliest people to come out and be like being horrible to Britney is kinda wrong, which is like shocking. Oh, the the South Park guys. <laughs> I, I don't remember that, but Do you remember good for that them. episode? No. Um it was called like Britney's New Look or something like that. It's incredibly dark, because of course it is, right? And it's about, like, Britney getting harassed by paparazzi and all this shit. And, like, she has her kids taken away. This is, like, a peak, like, Britney news, right? Yeah. And in the episode, like, Britney tries to, like, kill herself. Like, it's very early on, like, and, like, shoots herself in the head and, like, like blows the top of her head off. But lives. And so people are still dragging her around, like to do like shows and stuff even though she's clearly unwell like that's the gag ah okay no i don't remember this one yeah it's a it's an insanely dark this is like probably like the last year or so i was watching south park and it it draws parallels to shirley jackson's the lottery (laughs) where it's like britney's like it turns out like the paparazzi hounding britney's because she's the sacrifice to make the crops grow well oh my god yeah yeah, that's kind of genius. Here's the, the 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 thing that sucks about South Park is like there's always like two episodes a season that's like brilliant, and then the rest are like either like boring to like horribly bad. Like yeah, I mean like they they were talented people, you know, like they they the way yeah. they deal with like story structure and like every once in a while they will hit gold like with commentary, but you know to a certain point you just become like the establishment if you stick around long enough yeah and they've always just had like a conservative libertarian bent to them yeah you know? yeah yeah they're not like fucking comrade matt trey you yeah. know and parker it would be nuts if they pivoted to that though because they have been doing like some weird like self-reflecting stuff in south park lately like they did the whole episode where they basically apologized for saying global warming wasn't real <laughs> mm which was kind of interesting, but like, who knows? Yeah. Oh, this, Maybe it's best the, to just let it end. Yeah, much so, like the Scream franchise. Yeah, I'd be cool if it ended. Um, I was probably not so cool with like I've never been crazy about Scream Three, but I, I definitely was like, well, you know, at least it's over now. You know, <laughs> like when I was younger, I was like, <laughs> okay, it's a cool trilogies. Everyone loves trilogies. Um, cool. I'm glad it's not the last one. Is what I'll say. For now. I am looking forward to doing Scream 4. Yeah. It's been a while since I watched it. Okay. You're, I, I think you will like it. Mm-hmm. I liked it when I saw it. Alright. Um, that's that's the take. Everyone already <laughs> right. everyone already knows what I think about Scream 4. <laughs> but uh, It currently has a 3.2 average rating on Letterboxd. Okay. Alright. Good job, everyone. I guess I don't want to fucking know. Um, <laughs> what does the last Jedi have on Letterbox? I think it's gone down. It used to be like positive. I think it's negative now. Why? Because people are fucking cow. No, it's Rise of Skywalker. I think it's gone down. Oh, I don't 3.2. know. I don't know why I remember this. I was in a conversation with someone recently about it, and I was like, like I think it's like been less well received overall. The sequel trilogy now. You think Rise of Skywalker was poorly received? Yeah. I don't. I don't think people liked it too much. You mean where my three star is like the rave? (laughs) (laughs) 
It's like Don't Look Up recently. I gave Don't Look Up like three stars. And it's like that's the rave review. <laughs> is Don't Look Up better than Rise of Skywalker? Um, no. <laughs> really? Oh, okay, I then I won't watch it. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. I actually, I really don't know. Like, Don't Look Up was frustrating. And I kind of like the, like, raw nerve of just, like, screaming, like, take this seriously. But it, it it's not enough to sustain a two and a half hour movie. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. That's where it kind of, it, it was, it was trying to do too much of it. Kind of just been about the asteroid because like it like it'll go into stuff about like fame and like like you know internet culture and shit like that and it doesn't really know what to do with any of those things um yeah mm. i think people are going a little too hard on it because i think people that people are trying to be like adam mckay just make comedies again and uh i'm cool if he wants to do other stuff <laughs> yeah you know i mean like i haven't seen the film but at least it looks like he's punching up for the most part and not a lot of people are I feel, doing that. Nah, there's like a lot of wild punching going on. Oh, there. okay. Like, it's it's it's. Well, here's the thing: all of Adam McKay's work, even his comedies, have an underlying contempt for American culture. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not, he's never really been subtle about that. He's just not being funny about it anymore. <laughs> like, he's like, maybe you idiots aren't getting this. <laughs> Is kind of the vibe of like his recent movies, which I kind of appreciate. Um, but like, I thought it worked in Vice. I didn't think it worked in Don't Look Up. Okay, okay. Whereas Vice is just like a straight up like fuck you to the audience. <laughs> of like, how dare you want a Dick Cheney West... movie? <laughs> Wes Craven's Vice. Hey now, I don't know if Wes Craven could have done it. Oh, okay. I love Wes Craven, but I don't know. If Adam McKay's it. Scream Six. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> These are all bad ideas. All right, he want he uh, he doesn't want to do a Marvel movie, I don't think. But he did. Like, he talked about wanting to do Surfer, right? I think so. But he he definitely uh, did a pass on Ant Man. Yeah, he did. Day, so a bad movie. Uh, it's a pretty good one. Ant Man, really bad movie. On on the Marvel scale, it's like a. Four. That was like the moment where I'm like, I don't think this Marvel shit's gonna work. Okay, no, my my come to. Like, come to Jesus moment was, like, a year and a half later, so. Yeah, I still defended a lot of that stuff that I probably shouldn't have, but Ant-Man was, like, the first one I walked out of being, like, that was genuinely bad. Oh, okay. Like. No, well, like, the last Marvel thing I fully enjoyed, we are definitely going to hell, by the way, the last Marvel thing I fully <laughs> enjoyed was Captain Marvel, like, all the way through, hey. which, you know, on the yeah, Marvel but... scale, it's like, ah, four out of five stars. On a movie scale, it's like three out of five stars, but uh, yeah. I, I, I like it. It's enjoyable. But here's the thing: on the movie scale, Eternals is a four-star movie. Okay, okay. Well, Not I'm just, just saying. On the Marvel scale, people are still weird about Captain Marvel, and it's because it stars a woman. Not all the criticisms are about that. There is genuinely valid criticism about that movie. Yeah, like with the military and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but some of you are fucking weird about it. Is what I'll say. <laughs> like that. That's yeah. the one that broke you. That one. <laughs> but whatever. Well, I, 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 I would say the same about fucking Eternals, honestly. That okay. That, it was weird that that was the one everyone drew their fucking line on. And it's like, but then all those idiots showed up for Spider-Man. Yeah. All of you went to it. I saw you. <laughs> you know, like, I just remember watching, like, fucking Ant-Man and the Wasp again. And I was like, when I first saw it, I was like, no, this is fun. This I, I enjoyed it more than Infinity War. And then I was watching it, and I was just like, I, again, so the Ant-Man Defender on here. And I was just like, 
I probably don't need to finish this. I'll just uh, I'll just watch something else. Yeah. But hey, fun uh, fun fun films are in the future for us to talk about. I hope. Uh, oh, I did not realize the lizard was back in uh, No Way Home. Spoilers. <laughs> okay. No, I mean he he's in the second trailer pretty prominently. He gets a money shot. I, and everything. I have not been watching those trailers. Okay, and probably for the Could best. They brought the other guy back from Spider-Man 2 who never got to be the lizard Dylan Baker yeah they should have they really should have yeah fuck the other guy I mean eventually you and I will talk about Spider-Man but uh, apparently the thing is that Marvel can't I mean uh, Sony can't make standalone Spider-Man movies while Marvel's doing them and because the deal seems to be very beneficial for them right now like you're not going to get the amazing Spider-Man three, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man four, yada yada. You're not getting any of that, which I think is fine. I don't want those, even if I, yeah. I was in love with the amazing Spider-Man movies. Like they're done. I that's fine. I like Andrew Garfield, not the the, the point. Um, but uh, yeah, I just thought that was worth noting because I've seen a lot of campaigns about like now let's get the Toby and Andrew movies back, and it's like that's stupid and it's not going to happen. Sorry. <laughs> Who knows? They'll fucking do some shit. Whatever makes money. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I, my take is that I think they're gonna try to bring Andrew Garfield back because Toby is very picky about roles. Um, yeah. Because he also produces a lot now, and he made more money than God on this coming yeah. back to Spider-Man deal alone. So. Uh, also, you know. Toby Maguire probably has some things he doesn't want out in the press if he's being talked about too much these days. Oh, the founding member of the Pussy Posse. <laughs> Yeah. Hey. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, Scream Three, talking about fame, <laughs> <laughs> bringing it back to Scream Three with the pussy positive. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. That Scream Scream Three is a movie. Go check it out. Yeah. Or don't. Who cares? Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, disappointment. Interesting stuff in it. You'll Scream have to Two watch is it. way better. Do you have to watch it to understand Four? I don't think you do. I think they just ignore most of it. Uh. You know what? I don't think you actually need it. No, I don't even think you need to watch Scream Two to be honest with you. Well, I think I think do you, what you I will. Think you should because Scream Two is really good. But no, I, I think you could skip Scream Three. So check it out if you're interested. Um, if you're not into it, don't bother. Probably. Uh, <laughs> I like the last image of Sydney leaving the door open and not worrying. Yeah, that's that's about a nice Scarface. little thing. Yeah. Like if this was the, the end, fucking doors just to be safe. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah, but I mean, like for for the metaphor. It's yeah, yeah. Very sweet. Yeah, that's all. All you're right. Letting the you're letting the good air out. <laughs> Close the door. <laughs> all right, Matt. It's hot where can, out there. Where can the people find you? I'm an emperotn one at twitter.com. You can find me at Diego Crespo. Check out the Waffle Press on Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and Patreon. Where you can find. Uh, maybe Scream 4 probably not Scream 4 by the time this is out sorry um, we're doing these like non-stop now I'll, I'll put more stuff on the Patreon soon so thanks for listening everyone thanks for watching we have been professionally unprofessional <laughs>